Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Welcome back to another exciting and informative episode of Talking Lamar. For the next few minutes, we're going to discuss the classic movie that I personally avoided all of my life, The Sound of Music. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Sorry, I forgot what I was talking about. What are you talking about? I am talking to you. That's just what I was talking about. It's Talking Lamar. Yes, I am guilty of avoiding Evidently the greatest movie ever made, (sighs) The Sound of Music. But here's my defense. Every time I saw any kind of clip or any kind of ad for it, it here's Julie Andrews running over the hill in the green grass, and she's on it and on it, you know, and it just didn't appeal to me. So I did go see the play. The play was trans, just it's transformative for me. It was a fantastic play. I, I understand it. The movie's great. And I just thought I'm going to immerse myself in it. What's the first fact that I found out? When Julie Andrews was shooting, running over the hill in the grass, she kept falling over and over and over trying to make that scene. The opening oh, yeah. scene of Andrews twirling on the mountaintop, it looks great, but it was anything but easy to make. Not only was it raining and it was cold throughout the production, the helicopter kept knocking Andrews over because this was a jet helicopter. And the downdraft from those jets were so strong that every time the helicopter circled her to get the shot, it would slam her down to the ground and she couldn't get up. And I mean, you know, she said the first couple of takes, it was no big deal. But she says after it just keeps throwing you to the ground, she got a little bit angry. And she said, I really tried. I braced myself. I thought, okay, this time it's not going to happen. But every single, it took them forever to get that shot. So I don't feel quite so bad. So, you know, and this was done. I mean, think about this. The movie was based on the play. And in 1962, she, uh, she and Carol Burnett shot a, uh, sort of a spoof of this. Mm-hmm. It was called Julie and Carol at Carnegie Hall. And Julie Andrews and Carol Burnett, they parodied the sound of music in a skit called Pratt Family Singers. And I pulled it up and watched it. And it was very, very funny. I, I, I appreciate the fact that, you know, she's she's making fun of this. And then she turns right. around and makes a movie that 
you know, became one of the greatest movies ever made. So, well, it made her see, career. There's no it, two oh, ways about it. It oh, yeah. made her oh, career. Yeah. Oh yeah. But they, they almost didn't cast her though. Cause, cause uh, Richard Rogers, he knew that Julie Andrews would be perfect for Maria for the role after she auditioned for, for one of his musicals. But, no one felt that the theater actress, because she had started My Fair Lady, no no one felt that a theater actress like her could work well on the movie screen. But Disney showed some early clips of Mary Poppins that she was in. And once mm-hmm. they saw her as Mary Poppins, then they knew that she was she was the deal. She was the one. I didn't get. know that Mary Poppins was before The Sound of Music. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Wow. Yep. Yep. And it was another thing I thought was strange that Christopher Plummer absolutely mm-hmm. hated the movie. He hated it. And <laughs> he's the one who that. played Captain Von Trapp. He right. hated the film so much. He even called it the sound of mucus. That's what he called the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he said, know, for people who don't know, it was based on the Trapp family, which was an Austrian family. Uh, that that did sing and perform yes. in front yes. of uh, the public, and they were trying to escape uh, Austria to get to Switzerland to get away from Nazi Germany. Isn't that yeah. the way the story goes? Yeah, that's the way the story goes. Now, he said it was so awful because it was so sentimental and so gooey and just so just too much over-the-top sweet. He said you had to work terribly hard to try to infuse some minuscule bit of humor into it. And he drank and ate away all of his sorrows while he was filming this. It caused him to gain so much weight, they had to let his costumes out as he was filming because he kept gaining weight. And he also admitted on a DVD commentary that he was drunk off his butt when he was filming the music festival part. No. Yes. Wow. Yes. Uh, you know, and, it, it always, when I saw it on TV for the first time and really kind of studied it, he, of course, was very much the father who was the taskmaster. And his wife had died, and Julie Andrews is, is brought on as the uh, nanny. And she's very light and and uh, happy and wants to teach all these beautiful little children how to sing and everything. And he has them line up and they uh, they they line up every day. And what was it that they said? Well, they called how him did... captain. They had to call yes. him captain. That's he right. Whistle. They say... he, he treated them like a crew on his ship because he was a, a, right. a ship's captain. And he would ask something and they would say, yes, captain. Yes, Captain. In my own house, once in a while, I'll say to Mary, and un, until uh, you ju- just talking about this, until you started talking about this today, I will say, can you go and make sure you're going to be in the area? Can you pick up the dry cleaning this time? And she will say, yes, Captain. And I always thought that is the strangest. Sh- she's mocking me. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty she's sure told, um, she's not, she's not she's showing you the me. ultimate respect. No. <laughs> Can I just say, like, the first time I saw Sound of Music, you know, Julie Andrews' character is in a convent. Like, she's on her way to becoming a nun. She's yeah, right. um, a postulate. And that's one of the early stages in, in the nun baking recipe. Um, Can I tell you how unsettling <laughs> it was as a child going to school with nuns? 
to see one being um, falling in love with that dude, Captain Von Trap. Like <laughs> th- there was just, and I noticed that there are two kinds of people in the world: people who um, noticed the nun storyline in Sound of Music, and then people that didn't go to Catholic school. <laughs> I just don't understand how it's not more that. like. Like, I keep waiting for Lamar to go, and you know, one of the issues here wasn't just the age difference between the two. She's a freaking nun! That yeah. seems to me a plot point. Yeah. And a perhaps young, Lamar... A very yeah, young nun. She's a, a nun child. So she maybe was. Because, maybe yeah. because you grew up in Hartwell, Georgia, um, <laughs> and, and you don't understand what a nun is all about. Like, that didn't, that, that didn't jump out at you seeing it for the first time. Well, the age difference really sort of, but see, I could, if, as far as the movie stuff goes, she was trying to be a nun, but she wasn't being a successful nun because she was too happy and she was enjoying the, Boy, that tells you, hang on, hang on. Whoa, stop everything. <laughs> she wasn't being a successful nun because she was too happy. That's right. <laughs> and when that, when that shine is buffed right off, they send you to teach elementary school. <laughs> Do you know that there's a song in the play? I haven't thought of this until you just brought it up. That the nuns sang, I think, yes. before she went to the trap, uh, the von Trapp family. There's uh, the problem with Maria. I think was the song. Yes, the problem with Maria. Yeah, the problem with Maria. Right, and they're singing about her, and that was the uh, you know heads up that she may not be as committed as some of the other nuns. Yeah. Now, Here, so you guys went to public school, so you don't, Max is the only person in this room that knows what I mean when I say they come to your classroom and they tell you that God may whisper a vocation into your ear and God whispering a vocation means you become a nun or a priest. As a child, seeing someone that got the whispered vocation running up and down a mountain with a guy old enough to be your grandpa. It was just unsettling. Can I, can I just I tell bet. you that Christopher Plummer was 37 years old when they did that movie? 30. He, he 30, seemed 30. older, didn't he? Cause he, he, was he, did. he did. He looked like he was yeah. in his fifties. Yeah. yeah. But he just died 50. two years ago. So, yeah. you know, he, <laughs> but I mean, he, he yeah. looked 50 and in the movie, she looked probably 23. Yeah. So that, that's yeah. quite a, that's quite a difference. Yeah, it was, it was. Well, when we come back, I will tell you all the things that were wrong with the movie. All right. All right. We're back. And I want to rephrase that. It's not what's wrong with the movie, but it's what is not historically correct about the movie. There were actually 10 Von Trapp children, not seven. And the real Maria Von Trapp, she left the convent to tutor just one child not to be the governess over all the children. But she and Mr. Von Trapp were married 11 years before the Nazis took over Austria. And so by all accounts, also George was not the harsh disciplinarian that the movie shows. He was very kind and, you know, very easy to get along with. It was actually Maria that kept them in line. Now she didn't, evidently she oh. didn't blow the whistle oh. and stuff, but she oh, whoa, kept whoa. them in line. Max, is he suggesting that a former Catholic nun could, could see, keep some kids in line and be a disciplinarian? I won't have it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you you know you were talking about age. He was only six years older than her. The actors, the actor and the actress. 
that that was the only difference they had in age. But it just seemed like he was. So they much made younger. it look. So, yeah. They made it look. Yeah. Well, I think they made her be younger in the movie. I think more than without a doubt. Yeah, older. the way yeah. she was yeah. the, dressed and her hair and all of that. And she has, I mean, she just has. You know, some people just have a very young look for a long, long time. She was one of those people. And in real life. The real Maria yeah. says she didn't love Mr. Von Trapp when she married him. Mm. She said, I was really and truly not in love. I liked him, but I didn't love him. But however, I loved the children. So in a way, I really married the children. Now, she didn't go ahead and say, I learned to love him. She just left it with, I liked him. So I don't know how that worked out. Mm. But in the movie, the Von Trapp, Von Trapps, you know, they walked out of Austria with a knapsack, okay, and just yeah. walking. Well, what happened was in the movie that would have led them right to Hitler's uh, vacation home. They actually, in real life, took a train. They didn't walk; oh, they took right? a train. Yeah. And when they got when they got to and they came to America because they got offered a job singing, and they made big money in America singing. And they became their their the Trap Family Singers became Columbia Records' most successful choral group. For a decade, they traveled the country and sang, and they made you big could, money you could doing see, that. Yeah, you could see how that worked. And by the way, they bought uh, an inn in the mountains of Vermont. Yeah, the, it's still uh, open Von, today, and yeah. it's still open today. The Von Trapp family uh, yeah. inn. Do you remember the story I told you, Sherry, years ago? With uh, my my father's going broke, but he wants to take us somewhere, and so uh, one of the uh, my mother's friends had a t- had a troubled teenage daughter, and for some reason we took her along too. She was sixteen, and we went up into Vermont during the winter, and we drove by this uh, swimming pool that even in January, people could swim in. It was a heated swimming pool. And back then, that was a big deal. Steam is coming out. I said, Dad, can we, can we go? He says, look at this. They're swimming outside. Can we do it? Nah, we're not staying there. And then we go a little further. We'd see the people skiing down the hill. He goes, look at that. They're skiing. That's a ski run over there. Can, can we get on the ski? Nah, time for that. Takes a little track. And then I swear to God, we drive by the Von Trapp family inn. And he said, this is the uh, famous inn where the, uh, the family that escaped the Nazis and the sound of music, this is what uh, they own. And I said, are we going to stay there? No, we're going to stay. Uh, <laughs> we're going to stay. We got a Howard Johnson's that we're going to stay in on the highway up here. And I will, I will just never forget. I wanted, I wanted all three of those things, including I wanted to see inside the Von Trapp family. Inn. And you never did. You never got I to. never did. I never did. Um, you know, I'm sitting here, Lamar, thinking about everything that you're saying and the fact that, like, Bob as a child drove past that inn. The real stories of people's lives are wilder than anything you could make up. Here we have a girl who's in a convent on her way to being, like, giving her life to the church who yep. finds herself in a house full of 10 kids in as, as the knots, as darkness falls across Europe, as the third Reich is ramping up, they flee Austria and then become entertainment stars in America. If you made that up, people would be like, yeah, it's a good story, but it could never happen. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> really? 
yeah. Yeah, it's true. The, uh, yeah. Uh, Maria sold the rights to her story to a German producer. So they never made a dime off of the mu- off of the sound of music movies or anything. They never made anything off of them. That's a travesty. Yeah, it is. It is. Now, the sound of music has been a huge hit everywhere it's ever been released, except in Austria. The Austrians hate this movie. They absolutely. <laughs> it only ran for three weeks. They hate it. They hate it. It's the birthplace of Hitler. <laughs> It's a beautiful country, and they're an ally, so you know we shouldn't dump on them. What, but that's why that's did you, funny. Do they hate it because it reflects this terrible chapter in the nation's history? Because well, they sure make Austria look good in the well, movie, right? It, it mm-hmm. says it says one theory is that the Austrians have disliked the musical's Americanized portrayal of their culture. And others mm-hmm. have speculated that people also objected to the show's depiction of the Nazi occupation. It was a painful, painful part of their history, but the, you know they just weren't crazy about it. Well, um, one of the one of the uh, friends of the children, Rolf, who we've had on the show, the real the, the yeah. grown up uh, man who played the uh, teenager, uh, was part of Hitler Youth. That's not. That's nothing that you know to be proud yeah. of, right? So that probably they were a little tender on that. Well, Lamar and Bob, now that I know that the Austrians don't like the sound of music, how are we going to keep them from discovering the Burgermeister Meister Burger and Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer? Mum's the word. Mum's the word. Well, I gotta. I want to go see that next time it's on Turner Classics. I haven't seen it since i was a kid well you need to it uh, it still holds it still holds the record for the longest movie run in america it had the longest first run of four and a half years it was on theaters in the first run in america huge deal wait 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 for consistently without stop you could go see for four and a half years Yep, you could go see years. the sound of music in a movie. There were not that many movies. It's not that long ago, but there were not that many movies that were produced um, year after year. Like now, there, I mean, there's movies produced by independent uh, film channels, and I mean, there's just thousands of movies every year. But there were only, you know, maybe a hundred. I'm going to guess back in that period. My favorite um, scene in The Sound of Music is not one of the important scenes or famous scenes or heart-tugging scenes. I love the scene where she has made the children play clothes out of the curtains in her bedroom. (laughs) And they all assemble in their matching, perfectly tailored curtain outfits. And the first time I saw that um, as an adult, I tried to imagine my brothers wearing that. My brothers would have gone over the mountain too. They would never have stuck around for that. But, you know, everybody makes fun of the um, Scarlett O'Hara drape scene in Gone with the Wind, yeah. but seemingly no one cares that those kids were all wearing those matching curtain outfits. It was precious. Yeah, yeah. that was precious. hilarious. That was hilarious. But I learned a lot. I learned a lot. I mean, now I have huge respect for the sound of mu- music now. I really do. Huge, huge, huge respect. Yeah, it's great. This goes to show, though, just like when they say this is a movie about an actual situation, eh, there's always a little bit of difference. Always a little bit of difference. Some some poetic license. It really is. But 
All right, I think that's going to wrap us up for this week. This podcast was my official apology for dodging this movie for my entire <laughs> life. I, I'm sure along the way I, I missed other fantastic movies that I need to go back and watch. Who knows? Maybe I'll do a podcast about them. But the only way you'll know is to come back and to listen to Talking Lamar and see for yourself. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Talking Lamar. We've had a blast and had a great time. Hope you did too. Remember, tell everybody you know. Y'all have a good day. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.